Hi there, my name is Scott Cassidy, and I'll be your host for a new weekly podcast from Aslan Training and Development. We affectionately call it Ales with Aslan, where myself and several of the folks within the company will address all the current trends in selling and some innovative and yet common sense approach to selling. And we really try to change the way people think about selling. And to do that, we want to kick off the first podcast with a great overview of where Aslan came from, the why the company was formed, the why of the name. And uh, of course, you'll hear us uh, clinking glasses and drinking beer along the way. So we hope you'll sit back, enjoy, and take something away. All right, welcome to our first Aslan training podcast. We're calling this Ales with Aslan, right, Tab? This Excellent. is a little S in front of the Ales that converts it to a sales that's in your, your subconscious all the way. And what we're here to do and what we really want to make part of this, uh, this culture is we want to make selling easier, right? We want to make selling easier yep. for sales reps. We want to help sellers succeed in both life and business, right, Tom? Yep. And so I'm here with our two founders, Tom Stamphill and Tab Norris. We're going to make this a routine thing. We're going to pull this together, hopefully on a weekly basis. And uh, we're going to cover topics from the beginning of Aslan, why we formed the company, all the way through how some of our tried and true methods might be helpful out in the marketplace to you, the sellers out there trying to make a living. And so what I want to do is I want to get Tom and Tab right into the conversation and get Give a little intro of yourselves and a little bit of the background of why Aslan was formed. Where did we start? Okay. Wait, hold on there, Scott. Is that too much? Well, no, it's not too much, but we've skipped the ales part. Well, let's get into that then. Yeah, I mean, I don't kidding. think I can I can't. have a conversation about anything until I crack this open. I, I, it's a fair point, and I, I should be perched. I yes. should be flogged. So <laughs> let's get into the let's get into the beer because all right, we all got a story behind our ales. Yes, can you know, I crack let, that let me set that up, old Tom, because that's a good point. So, so ales with Aslan is meant to be the fun part. We're not <laughs> limiting ourselves to ales, no, though, are we? No. So. No. Uh, are you going to make it? <laughs> yeah, okay. If you could see what I see, he's, oh. he's a certain shade of purple. Oh. Um, we got yeah. this for you. Okay, thank so you. Wait, so go. while Tab's opened up his Guinness, I'll, I'll just tell you the story behind my ale. So what did you I, today? I went to a brewery here in Atlanta called Monday Night Brewery to celebrate my uh, son-in-law's birthday. And uh, so I go up to the, the bar where they're serving beer, and I go, can I have that F.U. man brew? <laughs> <laughs> and so actually the lady, the lady, the nice lady smiled and corrected me. And it's F, it's, it's Foo Man Brew. <laughs> Foo Man Brew, not, not F.U. Man Brew. Slightly different so, meaning, I think. Yeah. So now, so that's my beer. That's kind of, that was, uh, that's one of my favorite beers. Turns out it's one of my favorite beers. It is a Belgian Weiber style beer, which I think gives me a little bit of a European flair. And so yes. that's what I'm that's what, nice. what I'm pouring and here. And look at okay. that pour. That's a beautiful look color. Pour. Look at it's that. Nice amber. And look at you that's releasing nice all the beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's that's gonna be my inaugural beer here. Yes. Cheers. cheers. All right. Cheers. Beautiful, beautiful cheers. All right. And, yeah, the, and a few man brew people are gonna be happy with that free advertising. I say right. that that's the way they should yeah should. I mean, I, I don't know works. what SU stands for, but I think it's a beautiful beer. Yeah. Yes. Well, what <laughs> yeah. are you what are you drinking there? So yeah. I have selected for my own enjoyment today a Kona Brewing Company Longboard. This is an Ooh, island lager. Great here in uh, winter. It's it's crisp. It's clean. It's no caffeine. It's um, 
it's mahalo for drinking responsibly. So wow. it's it comes out of Fort Collins, okay. Colorado, for those interested. So I'll nice. be enjoying that. This so longboarding in Fort Collins, Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> they do a surfer lot of that. Surfer skiing. They are yeah. very good at surfing. They do. Fort Collins, Colorado. Exactly right. And what do you have there? You've got one well, of the tried and true. This it's is tried and true. And, and it brings me back to, it's, it's got a connection to Aslan. I was, um, I got reconnected to my love of beer when I was over in Ireland with a client. Yeah. And I used to, I loved Guinness when I was a younger man. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? I want a Guinness. So I have a Guinness stout right here. And, right. and it, there's just nothing better. Now, I will say out of the bottle, it's good, but not quite as refreshingly awesome as it was fresh. Re reunited and, and it feels so, so good. good. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad to see you two you back too. together. Yes. <laughs> After all these years. Well, I guess maybe we should talk about business mm. stuff. Do you think so? Yeah. All right. So why don't we transition back to, you know, where I inadvertently went, you know, all those minutes ago. Um, the genesis of Aslan, right? How did this start? Where did you two come from? Tell us a little bit about each of you and, and how we got to here. Okay. So uh, kind of a crazy story. Uh, I had an idea that uh, this is back in the early 90s that sales reps needed help in finding opportunities. So I had this idea that we ought to call businesses, capture a bunch of information and generate leads for sales organizations. So we ended up having, I don't know, maybe a hundred plus reps on the phone, calling businesses every day, making 30, 40 cold calls a day. trying Very to find, cold. Very cold. <laughs> yeah, trying to find opportunities for our clients um, and trying to capture information so sellers could be, more effective, more efficient. They didn't have to do all that that heavy lifting, all that prospecting. Yeah. So that that was the that was the idea behind yep. it. Yeah. Yep. And then I joined Tom. I was going to sell this solution. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like, well, you know, I've never really been on the phone. I've you know most of my sales field sales, and I'm like, oh, I mean, I need to probably do this. I'm going to sell right. it. So I get on the phone, and I'm like, wow, this is hard. This is awful. People are hanging up on me all the time. This is brutal. So next thing you know, I become a manager and you know, eventually, you know, kind of over the training. So that's how this thing really yeah. launched. And yep. it wasn't Aslan at that time. So no. we started the company was called ES2, Enterprise Sales Solutions. Yes. So we weren't providing training. We were just literally a lead gen company, an information development company. Yep. Um, and so we companies like HP would hire us and say, hey, call all the hospitals in the country and figure out, you know, what what equipment they have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is there an opportunity for our sales rep? So that's what we did. So kind um, of an outsource inside sales company. That's well it. said. Outsource that's it. inside okay. sales yep. company. So we training was not on our radar. Nope. We just had the most difficult job in sales. Yeah. Yeah. So so what what caused you to think more about turning that into a training? What was the genesis of thinking differently about how you might be able to help others? Learn well, from your battle scars. Yeah, well, we had a bunch of people failing. I mean, having a hard time connecting with executives or, you know, uh, different decision makers. And, you know, we're just trying to come up with a solution that worked. And, yeah. you know, so, Tom, you would – you talk, a lot of ideas were in Tom's head, things he had tried and felt like could work. And, you know, I basically said, "Let's. we have nothing to lose. Let's yeah. try it. Let's, let's get out of the box. Let's try some things. That are a little bit counterintuitive, and yeah. it worked. Yeah, and it was kind of an it was like interesting. Like I'd been in sales all my life at that point, and um, I'm like, this is an interesting lab to kind of test mm. out. What is the? This is the most difficult, really, call you possibly can make. Call business people over the phone 
they're closed. They don't want to talk to you. And our success depends on breaking through and getting meetings. Yeah. And so we're like, well, let's just, let's just test it. I mean, let's yeah. just figure out. So, so, you know, we, we ultimately what evolved was this very counterintuitive way to sell. We stopped pressuring people and we started saying things like, hey, this may not be a good fit for you. We asked permission to talk to them. We drew what we call drop the rope. We didn't try to pull the rope or pay tug of war. We we um, we just got we just learned a way of of communicating that actually made them more comfortable hmm. because here's what we recognize. Uh, we recognize when people pick up the phone or you're meeting with them in face to face, whatever it is, if they're emotionally closed, the more you try to sell them, the more closed they become. In other words, they're really not resisting a solution or a service. They're resisting a sales call. And the more we acted like salespeople, the more closed they became. So we kind of like, well, let's not act like salespeople. What would you do if you weren't a salesperson? What right. if you actually really wanted to help somebody? Yeah. What if you really had a good solution? What if this wasn't about manipulation? What if you were just trying to help them do stuff? Like, wouldn't they want to talk to you? And so we had to kind of get past that barrier. And sort of out of that, we sort of developed this cornerstone principle. And so every time you make a phone call or every time you go into a meeting, someone is either emotionally closed or emotionally open. Most of the time we were making phone calls, 90% of the time they were closed. Right. So and what we learned is the more we tried to sell, the more closed they became. So kind of, kind of so what we decided is let's look at how do we not sell them something, but how do we move them from closed to open? Mm. And so that started to develop a whole new set of tools, thought process, mindset. Um, and then after we kind of came up with some of these ideas, then all of a sudden our people were super successful. Yeah. Uh, and that's when we started. We, we knew we had something when one of our clients visited and tab, you can talk about when Blue Cross Blue Shield who yeah. had hired us to represent them came right. and said, well, we want to check out what your people are doing. That's yeah. right. And they and so we want to see your training program to get you these people yeah. successful. And I'm like, well, it's really high tech. <laughs> it's me with a like a flip chart yeah. and a couple of markers. And I think it had two colors, <laughs> maybe red and black. I don't know. But that was it. And, you know, we're just talking about these concepts and really encouraging them to try these out. And and the you know, I can't remember her name, but she was like the director of the group. She basically said, this is unbelievable. This is what we need. This is what our agents need down in Florida. Can you come train them? And I'm like, well, will, uh, will you pay us? And yeah. they said they would. So it's like, buckle up. Let's go. I, I, my, my flip chart will travel. <laughs> so that's really how that was our you know first launch into a, a bigger world. And we're you know we're thinking, well, if, if this if Blue Cross has bought a lot of training, if yeah. they like this, we may be onto something here. Yeah. I mean, we could probably sell this to the world. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like you you did some research and looked at other training companies and then realized that organically you had developed something that that not only worked for yourself but now is was going to work for other companies. Yeah. Is that when you sort yeah. of realized you could monetize this, this training yeah, idea? Until tab, yeah. So, so we, we, and I, I should back up and say, we went out into the market and this is really, you know, if you look at the really where Aslan, the idea for Aslan came from is we went out into the market and we looked for training solutions. Right. We said, okay, let's just interview everybody. What do you have? What can you offer us? Do you need to help our people? succeed in this really difficult environment. And we couldn't find anything. Everything that, that had been developed really didn't get how to convert the, the emotionally closed person, how to convert the disinterested. So, so that's where Tab, Tab went and developed, you know, he and I worked together to develop this. And then when we trained Blue Cross Blue Shield, we're like, and they had this reaction, like, 
this is amazing. This right. and not only is it amazing, it's like it actually worked. And we're like, we don't know anything about training. Right. We just make phone calls <laughs> and we just sell stuff. And so when their reaction, and then we thought, okay, we have something here. Yeah. And so that really is what launched Aslan yeah. is when we said, we actually love training and developing people more than we do running a call center. That's exactly Or right. running a lead gen organization. Um, so, Which is really how it happened because yeah. you ended up selling the company. Mm-hmm. And we ended up setting up shop in, in my basement yep. in Atlanta, Georgia. In 1996. 96, and we had no windows. Mm-hmm. And we had two desks that faced each other. And we I think we had a u- very used laptop. I yeah, don't know, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. We I bought that my, early. My desk was like some sort of credenza and a, and a, and a, one of those card tables <laughs> that you could unfold it. And I remember there was, like you said, no windows. If it was raining, I didn't know no. it. Yeah, you were, we yeah, slipped out of reality like, down yeah. there. But you did have a nice sofa. In there. Yeah, we did a nice sofa, which some naps did happen. Yeah. No, yes, never, 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 never. But that's how it started. So, and that leads mm-hmm. me to a question because as you're building this company and you're now realizing people will pay for this, did you, you know, how did the name come out? Like, how did you decide this is because I'm getting a lot of, you know, this this fulfillment sort of feeling like yeah. you were doing things differently than other trading yep. companies and you were doing things differently in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. Where did where did the name come from? Well, it's interesting because it, for a sh- very short amount of time, we had a very uh, a different name. Stanfield and Norris was the name. <laughs> right. Yeah. Again, which if you're an accounting firm, that's really probably law firm. It would have a lot of pop to it. It didn't quite seem to fit our culture. I don't know. That <laughs> sounds shocking to everyone. But um, so what was happening, Tom, what I remember is you were reading Lion, yeah. Witch, and Wardrobe. I think Chronicles the kids, the Chronicles and Narnia. Yeah. And I'm a, I was a huge C.S. Lewis fan, had read you know the Chronicles as well. Mm-hmm. And Tom said, what about Aslan? And I'm like, the lion yeah. in the lion, which in the wardrobe. And I'm like, that's brilliant because the lion represents a lot of things. But what it, you know, it, one of the things that it represents is the lion is about servant leadership. Mm. And it's all about we are most successful when we serve. And you think about our program, the foundation of everything we teach and everything we believe is being other centered. Yeah. Guess what? Aslan is the ultimate other-centered. Yeah. If you're willing to die for someone, you're yeah. probably pretty other-centered. Yeah. You're not very yeah. self-centered. Yeah. yeah. It also really captured kind of what our deeper purpose was and our meaning mm-hmm. behind what we do. I think we, Tab and I both shared a passion for helping people improve their relationships. You know, relationships, yeah. you're never more fulfilled or happier than your relationships. Yeah. And everybody cares about it. There's nothing we care more about than our relationships. So it was not only an opportunity to say, hey, we can help you sell better. But it was an opportunity to say, here's some of these key principles in life, right? Not our principles, but they're just truths that we can share with other people that will help them in their marriage, help them parent, help them in their friendships, help them with whoever they're, whoever's important in their life. So that really was the the deeper meaning behind what we do, because, uh, you know, a lot of the principles that we teach transcend sales. Um, So that was that Aslan name, I feel like really captured who we were and what we were about. And that's still to this day. That's why we do what we do. It's bigger than just helping people sell more stuff. Yeah, it yeah. is. It, it's and that's those are the, those are the stories yeah. that that get us excited about about what yeah. we're doing here. Well, and if you think about it, you know, sometimes you know we'll we'll, we'll meet with executives and they'll you know and they start to say, well, 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 who really, what, 
we were just we need we need to hit a number, right? Right. right? And we're like, yeah, well, if you want to hit a number, if you help people learn how to be other centered at home, or you help people learn how to improve their communication skills and ability to influence their daughter or their mm-hmm. spouse or their best friend or somebody that's you know that that they need to talk to about some difficult things that they're facing, then they're going to be good at work, right? Right. And but if their personal life if they can't apply this in their personal life, they're not going to apply it at work. And by the way, they care more about becoming better at the relationships than they do about being better at sales. So um, it's it's a great it's a great win win because it not only works at home but it also works in sales. Yeah, yeah, and and I can see I was just reflecting back on you said drop the rope earlier, and 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 that certainly sounds applicable in all walks of life, whether it's business or personal. And yeah. and you know I'm just curious, Tab, if if there is a either personal or business story where you you know you've used that that capability that you have and and how did it work out? Like that concept? Yeah, that concept, yeah, yeah. That's probably one of one of the most powerful concepts in our program. Yeah. I, I don't know about you. I get more emails from reps telling me this has made them more money than anything else in our training program. And it's the idea of drop throw. And a, a good example, and I'll share, share this with, with reps is I would, you know, Still carry a bag, still trying, still trying to sell and, and prospect. And I had a warm lead, you know, you know, hey, you need to call Susan. Great. They're a perfect fit for Aslan. I'm like, awesome. This is great. Ring, ring. You know, I expect her to be happy and wonderful. Hey, Susan, it's Tab. You know, Fred told me to give you a call. He said you guys were doing it. And I, I'm, I'm doing my introduction, but halfway through it. And it was really good, by the way. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. Very crushing. Yeah. And, and she interrupts me and goes, training's a waste of money. Well, what do I want to do? Everything within me wants to do what? I want to go, Fine. oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really, Susan? So you're saying that this multi-billion dollar industry called training is a waste of money. Not just could be, it is. And I'm, you know, I want to go to a court of law and tell her she's an idiot. <laughs> Would that have worked out well for me? No, but I'm that's what no. I naturally want to do as a salesperson. I'm yeah. competitive and I'm thinking she's wrong. But what I did is I said something like, Susan, totally get it. Sounds like you've had some bad training in your past. And and ours may be a waste of your money. I don't know. That's why I was calling. I wanted to find out what you're doing. If it's helpful, great. If it's not, that's totally fine. Do you have just a couple minutes where we can, can we, we can just talk about it. And guess what happened? We ended up having a 30 minute <coughs> conversation. She became open. She became open. Now, yeah. did she buy? That didn't even matter. The point mm-hmm. was I took someone who was unreceptive and made her receptive. Mm-hmm. Not by selling. Exactly. It wasn't so, selling. Yeah. And that's what's so counterintuitive by a lot of what about a lot of what we teach is, you know, the more you try to sell her, the more resistant she becomes. Because when someone's emotionally closed, right? Right. You know, and you try to pull them to your position or force them to think, they start to they start to struggle or defend their position, right? right. And so they start to they start they resist the truth, right? right. And so the, the focus becomes the tension and not, hey, what do you offer? Yes. Right. They just want to escape this the sales rep who's trying to push their stuff. Right. But we have to battle that. It's counterintuitive. It yeah. sounds easy, but when it's yeah, when it's live, it's hard. Yeah. Well, and I'm just thinking, like it sounds I think the beer's getting to me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need, you're on your fourth. You need no, you I know. I just oh, yeah. okay. pump the brakes, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um so the question of other centered, I mean, I, I conceptually that makes a ton of sense. It mm. sounds wonderful to to say I'm other centered, but how do you how do people actually become other centered? Is it just something that's in them or can can they learn that? So how do they become other centered? I think the first thing um, 
I would say to someone who's sitting across me, like, how do I become? I think the first thing is you need to know it's in your best interest to be other centered. And when we talk about other centered, just to be clear, it's the opposite of self-centered. Yeah. Right. It's like other centered is about I'm going to be more successful if I help other people. Yeah. Right. If I focus on what's best for them, let's just talk about it as a sales rep. Yeah. If I'm meeting with a customer and I say my whole purpose in life as a salesperson is to help you meet your goals. Right. I want to develop the knowledge that I need to. I want to understand what you're trying to accomplish. I want to listen to you. I want to care about you. I want to serve you. I want to help you get whatever you want. They're probably going to want to talk to me (laughs) and they'll probably invite me in. The reason they're 90, 90% of the people are emotionally close to sales reps is because sales reps are selfish. They have commission breath. Yeah. So the first thing they need to know is it's in your best interest. If you will sell more, if you serve more, that's just the truth, right? The other thing I would say, just kind of dealing with the mentality is people know your motive. Your motive is ultimately transparent. Mm -hmm. So this is another reason why it's in your best interest to be other centered, because when you're self-centered, people pick up on that motive. And so when they go, look, all you're only trying to do is sell me something and you're trying to act like you're, you're really not. But when I talk, you really don't listen because you, you ask questions that I've already answered before. And every time I say something, you try to overcome it. Right. Right. I don't feel like you. So motive is ultimately transparent. So if you don't pick right a motive to be other centered and to make the customer the priority, then they're going to know it. There's only one hero of every story. It's either you or the customer. And when you're the hero of the story, the customer's like, okay, that's that. And sometimes it works, right? And sometimes it works. It's so the customer says, yeah, well, I don't really care whether you're self-centered or other-centered. I just need that thing that you offer. I need your stuff, right? Because that's the best stuff. And I've already figured that out. Yeah. And so we're successful sometimes. And sometimes that convinces us that our approach works. But for the people that really aren't open, that doesn't work. So I think first it's the mindset. It's the belief Right, that I'm going to be more more other centered, and I think there's a lot that we teach around this. But I think the big, the number one thing to do to become other centered is to make a decision before every meeting. Yep. You know, we all default to self. Yeah, it is our natural inclination. We all default to self, but before every meeting, we need to make a decision: who is this about? And if I don't make that decision, regardless of my intent. Yeah. I will default to my agenda. Yeah. It's like when I'm when my wife is listening to Pandora, because we have one Pandora account because we don't, you know, we just can't afford two. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like three bucks more. Yeah. Right? yeah I'm, I'm gonna cover that. Hey, for if, you. If you guys would lend me, but it's like maybe we just check into that. We have one Pandora account. And so when I go to pull up Pandora to listen to it, it says someone else is listening to Pandora. Do you want to listen to Pandora or do you want to allow that person to Pandora? You have the control to, you you can shut her down. I can shut her down. That to me captures in essence, what happens on every sales call. That decision needs to be made. Either I'm going to put their agenda first, their objective first, or I'm going to put mine. There's only two options. And if I don't make that decision, if that doesn't pop up and I choose, I will always choose me. So I think that in a nutshell is probably, um, you know, what I would offer to anybody that's listening about, you know, what's the real essence of being other centered. There's some other things that are critical to it. And I do need to say this. If you choose to serve the wrong people, you will lose. Mm, right. Right. So other centered people are very strategic about it. They can't serve everybody. Mm. You have to make choices. And right. so sometimes you're like, well, that doesn't work. Well, if you try to serve a customer that's not that you really can't help or really it's not a win for you. Right. 
then you're going to run out of time and it's not going to work. But we, we, need to, we need to be strategic about who we serve in our personal life and who we serve in business. And if you choose well and put their needs first, you will be more successful. Excellent. Yeah. And, and, you know, on the website, it talks about reframing selling. And now I think yeah. we've created sort of a, uh, some word pictures around mm-hmm. how that how that really works mm-hmm. uh, through the program. Um, so we're, we're kind of reaching, you know, the end of the first podcast. And I want to wrap some things up and, and sort of lay out a little bit of a roadmap of where we want to go with this, because this is a I think this is going to be helpful to people that are listening. We hope people are going to enjoy this. Um, Tom, maybe we, we just sort of talk a little bit about some of the other things that we might do in future podcasts around some of the benefits um, the program might instill, some of the concepts that we teach, uh, maybe some of the white papers and blogs that we have out there. We can sort of talk about a few of those things and then um, we'll we'll call today today and uh, we'll we'll come back again a week from can now. Can we drink beer in the next we're gonna, podcast? We're going to do that every time. I, okay. are, I like so that. I'll, I will sign up. Yeah. Can I ask a question? How's everybody's ale? My ale was phenomenal. Yeah. I'm tasty. I feel like I've never longboarded in the Rockies before. So I'm, (laughs) (laughs) I'm finding it. Well, I will say that I think Guinness has figured out a way to, to ship Mm -hmm. and make this better in a bottle than it was. Okay. I'm pleased. pleased. So so cheers to Guinness. Um, to answer your question, Scott, uh, I think the next thing we need to talk about is some research that's come out about sales reps missing quota. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for five years in a row, sales sales reps, the, the percentage of sales reps hitting quota has declined. So that's an interesting fact because yes. the market, the stock, if you look at where the stock market and the economy has been moving in the last five years, it's been going in the opposite direction. So why are sales sellers yeah. continuing to miss their quota and why is that on the decline? So I think it'd be, um, that's an interesting topic to talk about and, yep. and what our thoughts are about that and what are the solutions to that problem? Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we do that? Let's, uh, next week we'll come back and we'll talk about that. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll keep this interactive, uh, between ourselves and maybe someday we can even get some sales successful salespeople that have been through the program to call in. So we'll, yeah. we'll think about that. Or, as a, or recommend an ale. Yes. Or recommend an ale. That's I like true. that idea. We could open it yeah. up. I would like, and I would be willing to drink ales recommended yes. by salespeople. Me too. And, you know, we can kind of share some of the, our, you know, likes and dislikes about the beer of our choice. And, you know. Yeah. Maybe if we really like your ale, we'll, uh, we'll send you something. Yeah, it was a good idea. All right. Like it. So let's wrap this up. Thanks so much for listening to the first Ales with Aslan. We'll be back a week from now with another podcast. Thanks for listening. Well, I certainly enjoyed my time with the uh, boys. The beer was good. Uh, we're very excited to uh, be trying lots of different beers and passing those names along to you. And uh, we also enjoyed sharing some secrets of the company, some uh, some of the ways that we've been successful over the years helping clients change the way they sell. So we hope you'll join us each and every week um, on the Ales with Aslan podcast, and we'll see you next week for a new topic.